welcome to the Lightly Literary Podcast, the thoughtful book club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Hello. Today we venture forth, Amanda. We venture to the lighthouse. <laughs> if let's you're do it. Fir- yeah, let's do it. If we do, you have the energy left for it, or your arms I'm- like? Do you have the strength? Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I do. Like, we'll see. Um, if you're listening for the first time, we welcome you. You're actually in the right place because our book recommendation episodes, as this one is, are intended for first-time listeners, people who just want a general book recommendation and an idea about something to read. These take about 25 minutes and will include no heavy spoilers for the book. And so, yeah, it's kind of a general overview. We're just going to attempt you to persuade this. Uh, to read this book with us, rather, for the next couple of weeks. Um, I chose this one, or no, wait, you chose it and I had it. I keep confusing that, but it's To the Lighthouse, (laughs) which is a Virginia Woolf novel. Amanda, do you want to briefly pitch? I mean, I guess I should read from the cover. I've kind of given up on that, but I probably should, huh? Give them a general sense. Do it. Excellent. And I'll do the social media plugs in a second. I haven't forgotten, but let's let's preview what we're going to be discussing. Again, this is a Virginia Woolf novel, To the Lighthouse, very famous. Um, the novel that established Virginia Woolf as a leading writer of the 20th century to the lighthouse is made up of three powerfully charged visions into the life of one family living in a summer house off the rocky coast of Scotland. Uh, it calls it a moving portrait in miniature of family life. It also has profoundly universal implications, giving language to the silent space that separates people and the space that they transgress to reach each other. There are very few exceptional and miraculous novels that have them the power to change their readers forever to the lighthouse is one of them. It's not light praise, then. <laughs> uh, Amanda and I grappled with this and mentioned it on the podcast we recorded a couple times. But, yeah, it's just a very famous book. Wolf's, you know, literary reputation, she's very acclaimed and is a legendary figure. So you've chosen a, a big, heavy book here. Uh, why'd you pick I have. it? Um, it's been on my bookshelf for a while, and I've never read Wolf before. <clears throat> um, and I had originally picked it up because I was, like, looking for books that Virginia Woolf had written that came, uh, that, that was like highly, uh, recommended. And this was like the one. Um, so I, I grabbed it, but I never got around to reading it. So I was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and read that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's as if you chose the magnum opus first kind of a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Cause she's famous for other writings. I actually read her nonfiction in college. I brought this up on the episodes too, but, um, the, no, not to the window. A Room of One's Own. That's in this book. <laughs> I've read A Room of One's Own <laughs> and some of her other essays. That's like a longer nonfiction kind of essay. And I found it excellent. Like, she's just such an incisive, intelligent writer and very easy to kind of hum along with her rhythms. This is challenging, though, for sure. This is a much more challenging endeavor. Um, but we're going to persuade you anyway, listeners. We're going to convince you to read this with us. Again, we will not be spoiling things deeply. We just do quick recommendations here, and we're just going to persuade you to read with us. I didn't plug our social media before, so I'm going to do that now, just because I forgot to. We we're excited to get into the book. We are, as I mentioned, the Lightly Literary Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under that same handle. It's just one word there, so at the Lightly Literary Podcast. All one word, one handle. Um, check us out there. That's where we post promotions. We're a little behind in terms of the timeline, but I'm forever trying to catch up. So (laughs) one day, Amanda, one day I'll catch up. (laughs) One day I'll just take a month off work and be like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm going to just focus on nothing else but editing ahead and promoting and stuff. Anyway, we're, we're kind of up to date, so it's worth following there. I do drawings to promote the episodes, and it's a lot of reminders about things we're covering. So yeah, follow us there. Check us out. It's worth a follow, I think. Um, Let's dive into it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Se- segment one is rapid fire recommendations. This is when we do a fill in the uh, fill in the blank prompt back and forth about who should read this book. Amanda, you go first. 
Um, you should read this book if you don't mind stream of consciousness among a few characters. Yeah, you gotta like that, folks. If you don't know what stream of consciousness means, it means that an author writes like the flowing thoughts of a person's mind without much concern for cohesiveness. <laughs> that mm-hmm. they're less concerned with building an extremely clear um, narrative that a reader can follow and instead replicating the kind of intense mind, not mindlessness, but intense unpredictability of a person's actual brain <laughs> yeah. and it's challenging to read. Uh, you should read this book if you simply like reading, you know you're like, oh, reading's whatever, but you love thinking. You gotta love yeah. thinking. Yeah, this could definitely work as like a an example of uh, literary philosophy in yeah. some ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you should read this book if you enjoy reading about how terrible gender roles are. Yeah, it, it holds up quite well, and kind of a fascinating—it's kind of a fascinating study for that too. Like you know, a feminist reading of this would be very fruitful. I can see why it's held up that way, through that lens. So yeah, it's it's a lot of marriage politics, gender roles in family, that kind of thing. You should read this book if you simply do not need characters to interact with each other at all. <laughs> yep, yep. It's it's all about what you think. Yeah. What you think they, they're actually saying about you. Yeah, perceptions. <laughs> um, you should read this book if you enjoy beautifully constructed literary devices in not concise sentences. Yeah, there's some... You think any of the sentences are a page long? There might be one or two in here. There's some... There's some monstrous ones in here. <laughs> there are some. But it's like when I'm tutoring some kids ones. reading the founding documents or, you know, Federalist Papers. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a type of literary style, well, in that case, a nonfiction style, where you just have to treat a sentence like a paragraph at times. Right. Like, the number of twists it has, the number of ideas that she'll employ in one sentence, like, just treat it like a paragraph. It's basically what it is. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah. On top of that, you should read this book if you want a literary challenge. There's so much to analyze here. It's um, It'll definitely get you thinking, for sure. Yeah. Um, you should read this book if, to build on that, if you like analyzing literature. <laughs> I, is there a version of reading this casually or passively? I think no, oh, right? No. It has no, nothing to recommend not. it in any <laughs> sense as a, a story for story's sake or something. Like, it just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially given... 2023 when we're recording this kind of like literary taste and trends like thrillers are in right now people love crime thriller crime investigative that all that stuff's kind of big and like epic fantasy stuff big world ending plots and i like this just has no relationship to the any of that stuff (laughs) It, it is a completely different thing so yes i think you should read this book when you actually love it when authors make something out of absolutely nothing a mountain out of a molehill <laughs> yes again can't say this strongly sure. enough nothing happens in this book nothing <laughs> there is zero actions that occur in the story there's one dinner and that's it <laughs> yep yep and, and a trip across the water that's that's about it yeah, um, they go to the lighthouse. Sorry, you know, they, they do go. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, eventually, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you should read this book if you think you overanalyze silences among friends. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you just have to believe that there's more being said in non-speech than speech. <laughs> that, like, a glance contains more meaning than a, than literally a speech. That was my, actually, yeah, my final one. You should read this book if you think that a glance has more meaning than a speech. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Wolf oh, does. Oh, man, that makes me think of the way that you worded that. It makes me think of, um, uh, what, what was that vampire movie? With, um, Twilight? Yeah, Twilight. Like, all those, like, they're, like, panting looks. at each other and, like, like staring into each other's eyes in silence like <laughs> yeah this would be like if an author took the parts of twilight where characters smolder and glance at each other and then wrote a hundred pages about one of the glances <laughs> yep. uh, so it's fascinating of course but you just got to know what you're getting into i think we've yeah, I think we've set it up well there. Well said. Uh, let's move on to our touchstones, which I, I thought of mine when we were recording because I left this blank. I couldn't come up with one. Uh, our second segment here, Pop Culture Touchstones, is just when we compare this work to something else that we know, and it could be anything, music, art, TV, movies, another book, obviously. I'm going literary today. I Because it's so stylistic and intensely literary, I'm just going to compare it to another literary kind of famous figure, uh, John Updike. I was really into his writing in college. He was kind of an author that I kind of explored on my own like I never took a class that focused on him but I just really got into his books he kind of writes about middle class and upper middle class life in the 50s 60s 70s I thought in a very meticulous and kind of I don't know there's a certain downtrodden sadness that he puts into American life that I've always appreciated Uh, he's also notoriously bad at writing women but in a way that I also found kind of fascinating (laughs) Um, Mm. one of one of his many you know people critiques against him or something but no I I like Updike's writing still um, to a degree if you can put up with uh, intense description and and, incredibly glacial pace like it's just kind of like wolf does it it's it's very observational and very meticulous and detailed i'm not thinking of any book in particular his rabbit series is really famous the about this one character uh nicknamed rabbit um and some other books of his are are quite well known but yeah update was the person who came to mind also one of the reviews we did compared um it was the one i pulled for a critical corner he is compared to wolf and i think that's like an apt stylistic Mm. comparison so yeah that's that's John Updike. If you enjoy his works, this might be an inroad. Nice. Or you might have an inroad. Um, I have not read. I don't think anything by Updike, but he's, yeah, he's on my list I, to read. I wanted to come up with a better touchstone, but the thing is, it's just so. I I don't know. I just have a hard time recommending this book for somebody who does not have literary interest. Not that you have mm-hmm. to even have studied or done some formal stuff, but it's like. I don't know what this book offers a very casual reader <laughs> other than frustration, maybe, or something like you have to go <laughs> yeah. into it with knowing that you're going to have to really like spend deep time with it and, and unpack and parse. So I know that's not a great recommendation in terms of comparison points and commonalities with culture, but yeah, I don't, well, let's jump into yours. Maybe yours will click and will work. Uh, mine is the movie. He's just not that into you. Good God. Hit it. <laughs> um so that movie is a comedy this book is is not a comedy per se but it is uh, steeped in irony for sure um which is a a kind of well the humor um in a lot of ways um but the the he's just not that into you movie i don't know if you've seen it um describe it there's a chance maybe it's got uh, Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Connelly, Jennifer Aniston, Ben Affleck. Um, Is this where Scarlett Johansson, uh, somebody like, she's like somebody's paramour love interest and he cheats on his wife with her or something? Yes. Okay. Uh, Brad, oh, what is his name? Brad lesson? Cooper. Yeah, I think yeah. I have seen this or I saw it on cable or something. Yeah, this sounds familiar. I'm kind of, yeah. yeah, I kind of remember this. 
Um, so the one of the main characters, Jennifer Goodwin's character, she's like having a difficult time dating um, because she's. It, it, uh, she doesn't she she takes things at face value so when a guy says oh yeah let's meet up again she just like accepts it as oh we're gonna meet up again and waits for his call for like forever um and then Uh they but like when she talks to jennifer connelly and jennifer aniston about these dates the the level of detail that goes into it well he said this first and then he gave me this look and then he sat down Ah. but not before he did this like the over analysis which is the i think uh the crux of the the humor in this movie um is it ties in really nicely, I think, with what Virginia Woolf does. It's yeah. a, a way yeah. more outlandishly humorous version of like Got it. what Virginia Woolf has accomplished in this novel. Mis- missed perception or misperceptions based on looks and I there's um a line I said early in our first episode. I'll reiterate it here, restate it for, for the listeners who haven't heard it. This book did help me have some empathy, sympathy for people who, when they read certain literature, are like, like, you can read anything into this. This is silly because obviously nothing is this meaningful. It's kind of like the overdoneness of certain storytelling styles where it's like, how can you interpret all of that? It just, it said one sentence. How can you interpret these grand theories from this nothing on the page kind of a thing? And some people are just kind of like, will never approach literature in that sense. They're not going to give it that much grace or space or whatever to, to think like you can interpret such a brief or simple thing in these overly almost melodramatic type of ways. And I, reading this book, I had that reaction to certain moments where I was like, well, this is silly. Like the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, a person turned away from you and now I have to read five pages about the psychology and the grand theory of what that implies about all things, human things. But then again, she's a great writer and some of it is just brilliant. So I don't know. It's you. I don't, and I think our patience level, our tolerance for writing like this is infinitely higher than than at certain people because um, we did some academic stuff that that would lead us down this path. But I don't know. Some of it is just objectively insanely well written. And so it is. Yep. <laughs> what can you yep. do? Yeah. I mean, parts of it <laughs> seem silly thinking back on it. We're thinking like, man, really, that was the interpretation of that scene or that's she has to write that moment in this extremely grandiose way, this in- insanely convoluted way. But um, I mean, that's part of the fun. I don't know. I like literature like this sometimes. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Yeah. It's part of the enjoyment of it all. It's <laughs> if you're going to have an art form, somebody's going to do the most extreme form of it. So mm-hmm. let's engage with that for a bit (laughs) anyway so yeah no it's an interesting comparison too i think that there's some yeah clear connections there uh should john updike write the script for he's just not that into you who's to say maybe that's the combination we deserve (laughs) uh we don't deserve that that's not that would not be good so also i think he's passed so (laughs) didn't want to speak didn't want to speak cruelly there i that just would be a hilarious mashup uh maybe the chatbots can do chat gpt please write the script john updike wrote the script for the film he's just not that into you there we go that'll be our next ai mission let's move on amanda i've mused enough uh scripted pitch time this is our third segment we have each prepared a piece of writing in advance to persuade you again to read this book with us and recommend it to you. Amanda, why don't you take it away first and read your scripted pitch? Again, I was just rambling, so take it away. Yeah. Uh, before picking this book up, you have to be in a particular mindset. If you're looking for something casual, easy, lighthearted, etc., this book will leave you deeply disappointed. 
Um, to really enjoy this book, you have to go back to your literature class mindset. You've got to be ready to analyze and appreciate Wolf's many literary devices, motifs, juxtaposition, imagery, metaphor, illusion, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you learned about in English class, she uses. Um, yeah, she uses them all, and they're all done well, and in some extremely long sentences that are also syntactically interesting. This is a rewarding book to read for that reason alone. But what makes this book even more interesting is Wolf's exploration of the failure of language, especially in the face of social expectations. This is a book to handle in chunks. Don't expect to get through it in a day or even two days. There's a lot to take in stylistically, definitely not plot-wise, but that's okay. The purpose isn't to drive forth a particular storyline. It's to analyze humanity through art and philosophy. If that sounds appealing, uh, this is a great book to study for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a work of study. I mean, I think that's how you got to approach it. It's um, <clears throat> The day thing you put in, I think, is fascinating because... I, you're right. Sometimes I think people expect books to hook them, and it's sort of the feeling of I stayed up all night, or I didn't want to go to sleep. I was so entranced, I was so entertained, and I don't know. I this was obviously a slog at times. <laughs> like I, I can't say I looked forward to picking it up every time, but also, if you do give yourself the chance to focus and like really intently read, I don't think it's boring. I, I do. There were passages, of course, where I, I lost a little focus and everything. It's natural, but I do think there's just enough going on at all times that, like, yeah, if you meet it on its terms, it, it's rewarding. How about that? Yeah, for sure. And it's just like I, I would read it in chunks because my mind was just like running with so many ideas that yeah, I would have to yeah. like take a step back, think th- think through it, make my notes, and then I could go back to it and like explore the next bit but i could not there's no way that i could sit through it all in one reading and still like ah, no way it would yeah. break me i mean exactly. yeah no way reading this in one sitting is true madness i can't even fathom it <laughs> i have no interest in reading a book like this in that way at all yeah, yeah. that's yeah interesting uh, i'll do my scripted pitch quick um this is not a book you read. This is a book that you wrestle. That's my first thought. If you have absolutely no desire to close read, to like dig in, and you just want a passive and entertaining book, like it, go go elsewhere. I can't say that clearly enough up front. Um, to the Lighthouse is fascinating, brilliant, illuminating, sure, it's all those things. But it is quite frustrating because it will at times make you feel like you're reading for the first time. It makes thoughtful readers feel silly. And that is a different, that's an interesting feeling, <laughs> uh, especially if you read a lot and you're like, you know, I'm an adept reader. Um, for me, I found it quite a novelty then, and it was honestly a nice reminder of some fiction I'd enjoyed in college and have even enjoyed since college, but it is damn effortful. It, it, it would be a terrible bad faith recommendation to recommend this book without mentioning the kind of monument that it is. There's a reason that it gets selected as kind of like a, what are the top 100 books ever written, or like, what's the most important novel of the last 100 years, 20th century, that kind of stuff. There's a reason it gets lauded in those ways, and it's because because it's incredibly challenging and really it's just it's challenging because it reimagines what a novel should be like what should it feel like to read a novel this book has a completely different interpretation of what that should feel like um so sure like what's the story about it's about a family it's about gender roles like women and men it's about misogyny in that sense it's about legacies it's about history a bit it's about a lot of things and i think really though by the end 
I, like some art just triggers in people I found it to mostly be about the act of reading like because it forces you to change how you read it and think about it and so if you aren't willing to meet it on those demanding terms I think like you're just going to get swept away in the vortex here and it's not going to mean anything and you're just going to feel lost <laughs> um, so this may be my maybe my written rec here is a shameless plug for our podcast but I'll say this like this is the only clear advice I have don't read this book alone I think you would just put it down I think you, I would have just given up I've given up on reading this before like you have to go together with someone else on this book so if we're those people for you if we can be that for you then hey that's literally what the point of this <laughs> podcast we hope it's fun and you join us but like I just don't think you should read this book on your own like under almost any circumstance I don't know what I would have gotten a, I probably would have given up honestly that's my final thought yeah, I think that's a, a great point. Like having somebody to bounce ideas off and also to hear other people's ideas. It's like it makes the reading experience so much richer, in particular with these types of books where it's it invites you. It requires it requires you to, to yeah. analyze. Right. Um, and, and that's definitely like to do it on your own. I mean, yeah, you could do it on your own, but it's, it's definitely not going to be as enjoyable as like bouncing ideas off of somebody for sure. Yeah. Amazing. That's a great point. It's, it's the way to do it and shameless plug. Who cares? We'll, we'll promote ourselves, but it's, <laughs> it, that's just true. I, you know, do it with a book club and make everyone infinitely frustrated with you. Do it that way. If you want to, that's fine. <laughs> you can be the pry <laughs> of your book club if you want to do it that way. We're cool with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd be happy to be your guides and we can read with you anyway. Amanda, let's do our final segment. Um, in every book recommendation, we do a quote for clarification, which is just when we read an excerpt of the work. Because at this point, we've described it a bunch, and it's only fair to actually, you know, read the book to you and discuss some stylistic points and give you an expectation for the novel itself. Um, why don't you go first? What's your quote for clarification? Sure. Mine is from <clears throat> the very beginning, <clears throat> from the second paragraph, actually. Um, so this is going to be the fourth sentence of the entire novel. Uh, since he belonged, even at the age of six, to that great clan which cannot keep this feeling separate from that, but must let future prospects with their joys and sorrows cloud what is actually at hand, since to such people, even in earliest childhood, any turn in the wheel of sensation has the power to crystallize and transfix the moment upon which its gloom or radiance rests, James Ramsey, sitting on the floor cutting out pictures from the illustrated catalog of the Army and Navy stores, endowed the picture of a refrigerator as his mother spoke with heavenly bliss. Mm. That was one sentence, guys. <laughs> Honestly, kind um, of a shorty for this book. I, was like, yeah. I, was, I had walked away to go do my laundry. I figured I'd come back in five minutes when you were done. But <laughs> Yes, I chose that because of its length, which is, is pretty, pretty regularly done in this novel. Um, but it is well written. Um, and it's also kind of funny in a way that and, and right. we talked a little bit about the humor. Um, <clears throat> it's funny in that this little kid is transferring or transfixing his emotions onto an object. So now whenever, so she's saying like whenever he sees this refrigerator, it brings him bliss, great bliss, <laughs> like feelings of with a refrigerator, you know, like mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous. It's silly, but it's beautifully written. Um, yeah. And it's also like indicative of the person too. it. It kind of gives mm. us insights into the characters themselves, which I think she does a good job with too. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good quote to in indicate early on kind of a marker set. 
um, play place marker. Mine's from deeper in the book. My quote, it's when Lily, who is a major character, is with another major character, Mrs. Ramsey, and they're sitting together. And I had to pick this quote. I was flipping through. There's infinite quotes you could read from this one. But I just loved how this quote opened because very rarely does a quote summarize the novel itself. So I kind of get a twofer here. <laughs> anyway, the quote opens, nothing happened. Nothing, nothing, as she leant her head against Mrs. Ramsey's knee, and yet she knew knowledge and wisdom were stored up in Mrs. Ramsey's heart. How then, she had asked herself, did one know one thing or another, a thing about people, sealed as they were? Only like a bee, drawn by some sweetness or sharpness in the air, intangible to touch or taste, one haunted the dome-shaped hive, ranged the waste of air over the countries of the world alone, and then haunted the hives with their murmurs and their stirrings, the hives, which were people, Mrs. Ramsey rose. Lily rose, Mrs. Ramsey Ramsey went. For days there hung about her, as after a dream of some subtle change is felt in the person one has dreamt of more vividly than anything she said, the sound of murmuring, and as she sat in the wicker armchair in the drawing room window she wore to Lily's eyes an august shape, the shape of a dome. That's a, just a paragraph there from 51. Uh, did anything happen in this quote? I don't know. <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, nothing. Nothing, no. nothing, nothing. Incredible just that that's how it started. I couldn't resist. Uh, still, though, there, there is a, some meaning here. Like, There's indications of what this book is doing that I think are meaningful to a, a person who might read it. The first is that, yeah, the characters just don't, like, it's all about how they perceive each other. They don't actually speak, interact, change. They don't, like... It's just about them being stuck with their thoughts and perceptions and trying to grapple with it and live with it. And so this quote shows that. It's obviously Lily. It has this extended metaphorical interpretation of life that are like bees and the hives of people and their influence. It's also very telling stylistically, not only that the descriptions are long-winded and the style is dense and all that stuff, but it, it also goes broad and universal a lot. And I think this is a book that, since, since it's attempting such truths... Um, it's a meaningful quote because it's like the bees are all, you know, it's I think the exact quote was like ranged the waste of the air over the countries of the world alone and then haunted the hives with their murmurs and stirrings like nothing in this book is small. And I don't think Wolf is attempting a small thing like what she's trying to do is dig out universal truths, make grand statements about humanity. And so it's fitting enough that that metaphor goes to those sizes and scales and everything like it's yeah i think it represents the style represents the character dynamics that again basically don't exist it's just how characters perceive one another and, and no actual profound interactions and then it's also i think the language is telling in this quote too yeah i agree beautiful yeah yeah a whole lot of nothing amanda to quote again <laughs> nothing happened nothing nothing <laughs> it's pretty great <laughs> Any final thoughts as we wrap up our recommendation for To the Lighthouse? Uh, no, I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I was, <clears throat> but like I say, you've really got to change. We went from reading something that was, I think, like fairly casual. And then like to jump into this, I was like, oh, got to do a mindset. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. And I don't know. It's I wonder if tonally listening back to the wreck if this will seem negative. I don't think it did. I mean, we laughed a lot and had a lot of interesting thoughts. And yeah, like the reading of it was difficult. The podcasting was quite enjoyable. It's a great discussion. And I know we've done negative recommendations before, and hopefully those came off more clearly as negative. This is more of a, this is like a cautious recommendation, but not a negative one. Or it's like a, a couched recommendation, but not again, a negative one. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely enjoyable. Definitely feel rewarded after 
having yeah. finished that. If you can get sure. an annotated copy, I didn't have one. Maybe that would be helpful. I don't know. I've been oh, let down by those. Yeah. Like that Dubliners one we did, I thought was terrible because it was too much, actually. It was like exhaustingly mm. annotated. But some kind of... I don't know, like every couple pages, maybe if an author could just check in with like a quick little, <laughs> like, hey, watch for this symbol. Hey, do you, did you notice this? That like a lightly annotated version of this, I think could be could be very beneficial. But I don't know what's yeah, out there. Yeah, that's a good so, idea. Yeah, maybe a listener check check out for that or research that. See if there's a a helpful guide out there. If not, check out our episodes. That we can be your helpful guide. We'll we'll do our best. Um, if we didn't persuade you to read this one, then we apologize as ever. We'll try better on the next book to get you to read with us. Um, check out the feed for these episodes, which will be coming up. We always post our book club episodes on Fridays, so we'll do two book clubs covering To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf, as with all the other books. So, again, check on the feed for those. If, again, we did not persuade you, then we have other books coming up in order. Amanda will tell you about them briefly. Yeah. Next up, we have King Leopold's Ghost by Adam Hochschild, which is... Um, a nonfiction work about colonialism. Then we have The Psychology of Zelda, which was edited by Anthony M. Bean, PhD. This is a essay collection about, yes, the video game Zelda. Yeah. Video games. Yeah. Um, and then we have Piranesi by Susanna Clark, which is fantasy. Yeah, short fantasy read. So a couple nonfiction ones coming up, coming down the old pipe. Yeah. Any final thoughts on To the Lighthouse? I think we've said our piece. Yeah, I'm good. Now we take our sandwich parcels and go. Go eat a ham sandwich or <laughs> cheese and bread or whatever it was. <laughs> That's a joke from the book, sorry. Shouldn't make references in the non-book club episodes. Uh, we are, as I said at the start, the Lightly Literary Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram under that handle. We appreciate it. And any ratings and reviews you can leave us on podcast platforms, any of them really, we're up on all the major ones. That does help a ton. So five-star ratings and reviews always quite beneficial uh we appreciate you listening to this one we hope you join us for the journey and as always we'll see you between the pages